Sign up with BetMGM Sports using code CHAMPION200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. Welcome. I'm Mike Nye. And I'm Taryn Merlo from the Hail and Well Met podcasts. And I'm Alex Talander from the Ostium Network. And welcome to our T-Cast. While there is tea, there is hope. <sighs> welcome to our first episode of While There Is Tea, There Is Hope. If you found us, it probably means you like tea in some way, or you know us hosts, perhaps, and want to hear our voices or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> with me, I've got Taryn Merlo. Say hi. Hello. And he'll talk lots more later. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about why I wanted to start this podcast, in addition to the many other podcasts that I do. Um, <laughs> I love tea. I've loved tea for a long time. If you've listened to Ostium, you should be able to pick that up. Monica's tea obsession comes straight from me. And with everything going on right now with the pandemic and with our social upheaval, the pandemic's a bad thing. The social upheaval is a good thing. I wanted to try and do something positive and uplifting for me, for my friends who are co-hosting with us on there and also for listeners to, to kind of give something positive and uplifting. And I thought tea is something I care dearly about. And I thought it would be something new and interesting to try and educate me more on tea and the history of tea and also the listeners and co-hosts. I actually got a hold of a book that goes into the whole history of tea called A Thirst for Empire how Tea Shaped the Modern World by Erica Rappaport, uh, published in 2017 from Princeton University Press. And that's gonna, I'm gonna be quoting quite a bit from that um, just cause it's got some really good history and I feel some really good point of view and perspective on tea, which as it's mainly or greatly drunk by the Western world, it comes from and is created by people of color. So it feels like a good time to be kind of addressing this in a podcast where I talk about something I like, but also going into how privileged we are by being able to have an endless supply of tea at the click of a button. Absolutely. Um, I want to start out with a few facts and quotes I took from the book about tea. Uh, Admiral Lord Mountavans, the regional commissioner for civil defense in London during the war, said... It gave us courage and that matey feeling which gets the best effort out of us to help our fellow humans. An advertising slogan said, tea revives you. There were posters that were put around proclaiming, there is health in good tea. The Chinese understood that tea had restorative properties. Centuries before, the German scientist Friedrich Ruhm discovered caffeine in 1819. Uh, many believed that it could cure headaches, constipation, and various other serious disorders. I'm about 60, 70 pages into the book now and hearing more and more how teas are supposed to fix all these different things just with a single <laughs> cup. When I was looking back through some of the advertising slogans and, and mm -hmm. one that you mentioned of tea revives you, a lot of advertising going on with tea and specifically around rationing and those sorts of things mm -hmm. during uh, the Great Depression and, and through the World Wars. Um, and a lot of that was around the same time that 
cigarette use was also advertised in a very, very similar mm-hmm. vein for its health benefits and mm. its, its amazing <laughs> positive impacts on your life. Um, and it, it was a really interesting sort of juxtaposition going back through <laughs> some of those, those old ads going, mm-hmm. hang on, one of those is clearly wrong, <laughs> while the other one is pretty much right. Right, and still <laughs> very popular. It is. All right, so let's, uh, Taryn, if you can give a bit of intro who you are and your earliest memory of drinking tea. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as, as you've said, Alex, thank you for, for having me on board today. I'm, I'm Taryn from uh, Hale and Well Met. We do a few podcasts ourselves and we've done a few collaborations with, with yourself, Alex, through, uh, through Ostium. I uh, mm-hmm. worked on, on the Circe podcast with you as well and uh, uh, had some, some deep interest into manifestations as well. Um, so it's, it's been great to great to be a part of those and uh, be involved in them as well. So I'm sort of honoured to be recording with you today. Um, as you said, clearly tea has been a pretty critical component of all things Austin for a while. Um, mm-hmm. But as, as you've said as well, it's been a pretty key component of worldwide cultures for as yes. long as we've, we've been around. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, my first memory of tea, or maybe the most critical one the, the one that stands out the most mm-hmm. is one of the early ones i had was with my my nana my mum's mum mm-hmm. um she used to take care of my brother and myself over the school holidays um yeah mum and dad both worked and uh my nan used to make a cup of tea and and i remember asking her what on earth you're doing because for me <laughs> I'd, I'd made a cup of teas for mum and dad before you, know, mm-hmm. you put a tea bag in a mug put some water in it stick it in the microwave for a minute oh. and a half <laughs> and and you're done that's that's a cup of tea but yeah, Nana went, she, she boiled the kettle, took five minutes to boil this, this pot of water, takes out this ceramic teapot, puts a strainer on the top, puts these weird leaves in the top of that, pours this boiling water over it. And then this thing sits there for a good 10 minutes before she pours out a, a cup on this, this porcelain teacup on a saucer, a mm-hmm. little bit of milk, a little bit of sugar. And, and it was this 15 to 20 minute process, this whole elaborate ritual to go through did she have a um, tea made, cozy too uh she didn't she didn't living in western australia oh, i think okay, things so, don't yeah. tend to get cold very quickly <laughs> <laughs> but mainly the opposite unfortunately <laughs> um and and she made me one and that was probably my first mm-hmm. properly made cup of tea um and and yeah I've, I've kind of enjoyed them ever since that was a sort of fairly plain uh english breakfast yeah as close to generic tea as you can probably get in the market <laughs> Now, um, uh, yeah. milk and or sugar, question mark? Look, for, for my nan, it was a definite must. Um, mm. For me, for a long time, it was both. Mm. Um, and I'm ashamed to admit that it was, it was milk and a number of teaspoons of sugar. Mm-hmm. But much more like my... Well, but it my, sounds like she made it pretty strong. So <laughs> oh, yeah. getting started. Yeah. <laughs> I think that lasted her a good three or four cups with, uh, with a little bit of myself. So, mm. But no, for me, over time, I've definitely... Um, definitely gone off the sugar altogether I, mm-hmm. sort of both tea and coffees um not that that's that's a bit of a dirty word in this podcast i think but uh oh no we can talk <laughs> about it that's that's in part of the history too because coffee and tea were you know being shipped over hand. from colonies and everything a lot of, yeah exactly yeah so it'll come uh, but no definitely definitely no sugar um and the milk really depends on what what the mm. tea is mm. um and my mood mm. <laughs> But uh, no, most of the time, most of the time it's, it's milkless. Um, it sort of has a better flavor to it in a lot of instances. I think for me, it was, again, a kind of similar thing where my mum was always drinking tea. My dad, he'll drink tea, but not so much mm. <laughs> occasionally. He's more of a coffee person. Um, but I think probably just seeing my mum drink tea so much, maybe want to try it. And I don't really remember exactly when, but just all of a sudden it was, I'm a tea drinker and drinking it every night. And um, I can remember one really weird old distant memory from, I'm trying to think, I must've been maybe 10 or younger. Mm. And it was, let me think, not my Nana, but her sister. So my aunt Ada, and it was between her and my cousin at, I can't remember. I think it was there, the cousin's house. So the cousin was about four years older than me or something like that. And just, they were all sitting at the table. I wasn't there. I was with the younger kids. And they're mm. all sitting there drinking tea. And they got their tea confused. And they're like holding the cups. And they're like, oh, is this your tea? I don't know. This is your tea, maybe. <laughs> We've got it mixed up. And that's all I really remember just how I think 
how like refined and polite it all seemed with the drinking tea all together there and everything. So that's my almost like a, a comedy routine. Mm-hmm. Mix, mix but they're all just so like, you know, being British, so proper and polite about it. And, you know, <laughs> me looking for the outside, I was like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> so as uh, you mentioned yeah. earlier, you're all drinking tea. So what are you drinking right now? Right now I am sampling the <laughs> sampling. I'm, I'm drinking the, Twinings Earl Grey. Mm. Um, Cheers. Same yeah, thing. Oh, look at that. There you go. <laughs> I have to say, my, my cup is probably a little bit less fancy than yours. I've got, well, no, actually, it's saying this, that's, that's a, a cup I got from my, my wife for my birthday. Oh. Uh, I want to be a nice person, but everyone is so stupid. <laughs> uh, I need to get a podcast from, themed one, I think. Um, my wife got one, and it's like the perfect size for tea, a good large amount but not too mm. much and not too little and so we got a second managed to get a second one so she's libra but so we use them a lot so we got two because ah. i'm always drinking from them too but yes so I, I am cheating gray. a little bit mm. so i've got my my cup but then i've got my pot <laughs> so i've got, I've got my <laughs> top up it? for when i when i empty the small when you cup. need to depending how long <laughs> we go on uh but yeah twining's all gray loosely if we're, we're on the same page there i just did the last little bit of it i had but that's because I have more tea coming later this week, so I think I'll be okay. <laughs> not in short supply then. But not of the, just of the Twinings Earl Grey, which has lasted me since when was that Christmas? I think a whole little. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, it, it, I think that the, the Earl Grey obsession, and I'll call it an obsession because that's kind of been my staple for a long time, mm-hmm. is um, is directly. I'm not ashamed to admit that I'm I'm a massive Star Trek fan, <laughs> <laughs> and, and as such, you, you can't go past uh, you know a cup of Picard's favourite. Um, although in saying that, I, I don't really like my tea Earl Grey hot. You know, for me, sort of Earl Grey should be on that verge of being almost too hot to drink, but cool enough that if you're about to rush out for a for a meeting or something, you know, you, you can down the whole cup if you have to in a hurry. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, even making this cup here, as soon as the hot water hit it. Mm-hmm. Just that, that smell of the bergamot came through and it sort of was, ah, that's why I like this. And you really wanted to steep for five minutes. Yeah. I, my yeah. wife started having this one too and had it too much and got sick of it. So she likes other different kinds of Earl Grey's, mm. but the Twinings one has always been my go-to again, I think because, um, again, I think my mum doesn't like that one as much, but my dad does. And it's just kind of a go-to we always had at the house. So I was bred on it. <laughs> <laughs> So, I, um, I was always, yeah. I actually realized I didn't, ne- I never knew what a bergamot was. Mm-hmm. So it's always, it's, it's this oil. And I always assumed it was, was some sort of uh, yeah, fragrant plant, like a, a lavender or a rosemary yeah. or, or mm-hmm. something there. But, um, and, and again, I'm not ashamed to admit that it took, took you saying, hey, do you want to come on the, on this episode <laughs> and, and have a look? And I went, what is bergamot oil? And yeah, for those in my situation who have no idea, it is, it's, it's a citrus plant. It's an Italian citrus plant sort of between a sort of similar to a lime um mm-hmm. and a, apparently originated as a hybrid blend of lemon and an italian bit of orange mm. which and i've actually I've got, I've got a little bit of a, a an interesting history of the old gray if you want to if you want to hear it yeah sure we can all right we can go off script this is all new <laughs> sorry one, so why not so um so earl gray is i guess unsurprisingly named after earl gray Mm-hmm. His full name was, was Charles Grey, the second Earl of Grey, who was the British Prime Minister in the 1830s. And apparently he received this, this tea blend as a gift. Mm. There's a couple of legends about it, though. There's three different uh, backstories that, that people have, uh, I believe, it come, it's come from. <laughs> Probably one, all apocryphal, but... <laughs> oh, the, the first one definitely is. <laughs> um, and there's, there's some proof to sort of back up the fact that it is absolutely an apocryphal legend, but... Uh, <laughs> It says that a, a Chinese Mandarin, so a, a bureaucrat, mm-hmm. um, had a son who was saved from drowning by one of Lord's, Lord Grey's men. But the problem with that one is it, he was saved in China, as the legend goes. But the problem there is Lord Grey and his, his entourage and his men never once went to China. <laughs> so it's sort of this thing of, yeah, he saved, saved a, a bureaucrat's son while he was in China that he never went to. So we kind of throw that one out the window right. and think, no, it's not really right. Mm-hmm. Jackson's of Piccadilly, which was a, a London tea house and is now owned by Twinings, mm-hmm. claims that they invented this sort of tea bergamot blend. Again, though, that's sort of doubted because while they own the patent and the, the, the right to 
call it a, an Earl Grey. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to have been a few years, sort of five, six, seven years after the what I think is the true origin story and the one that I'm probably the fan of. <laughs> it's, it's the one that's purported by the Grey family. So mm-hmm. you've you got, to, got to have some truth to it. And they say that the tea was a specific blend by, again, a Chinese bureaucrat, a Chinese Mandarin, for Lord Grey, directly to offset the water at Lord Grey's Howick Hall, so his main residence. That hall, the whole the, the water table in the area and the, and the land in the area had a huge amount of lime, high ratio of lime. So that, not oh. the fruit, the um, rock, rock, yeah. Yeah, um, in, in all the surrounding soil. So he made this blend by adding bergamot to offset the, the taste and the, the texture of this lime in the tea, mm-hmm. in the water, to make this tea. And you had Lady Grey who entertained at the hall quite frequently. Which is and, another another blend of tea, Lady Grey. Correct. And sorry, <laughs> my, my faux pas there, Twinings don't hold the rights to Earl Grey. They hold the rights to Lady Grey. Oh, okay. Um, because Earl Grey is, is a generic name, whereas Lady Grey <laughs> is the one that they hold the, a specific the one. rights okay. to. Yeah. Mm. Um, so they, they hold that trademark and release that, which is Lady Grey being the same sort of tea, bergamot, and uh, lemon as well. And that's how they get away with calling it Lady Grey. Lady Grey. <laughs> uh, and owning the trademark to it. Mm. But um, yeah, so it's sort of that, that one sounded the most plausible to me. Yeah, a, a, an English lord complaining about the water quality and uh, you know, one of his, his people that were there saying, well, hey, I've got a fix for that. You know, this tea stuff that you like, if I add a bit of this, <laughs> there we go. Here's a great tasting tea that you just ignore the lime. Now, I wonder what it was like when they had it with, you know, actual... Decent tasting water, what it must have been like. <laughs> <With the lime. laughs> oh, this is so much better with real water. <laughs> Let's drink this every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder what, what the actual, well, I guess you could try and reproduce it at home to see if it makes a different taste by adding I don't know, some lime, lime into the, in the water. I wonder how poisonous sprinkle. it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or put it in the strainer or something. Much like everything else in the 1800s was probably poisonous for you. Mm-hmm. We'll do some mercury-based makeup and mm-hmm. some lead-based lead and, this yeah. and mm-hmm. wonder why we all die at 25. Bet MGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using code CHAMPION200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run, regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with Bet MGM's daily promotions at your fingertips all season long. Download the app or go to betmgm.com and use code CHAMPION200 to win $200 when you bet $10 on an MLB game and either team hits a home run. Sign up today and find out why nothing beats a win at the King of Sportsbooks. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. So speaking of the 1830s, let's go way back for the little history bit. I've been yeah. looking through um, Pete's. Do they have Pete's in Australia? Uh, no? no, but no. On, online. Um, so it's uh, an Amer- yep. American chain. I think they originally started pretty near here in San Francisco and Berkeley. Um, but I think someone bought them out. Um, but anyway, they have a cool little um, big history section. I thought I'd reproduce here mm. for us. Um, going way, way back. Um, so this first part is the legends from China and India. Tea's origin story is infused with a blend of myth and fact and colored by ancient concepts of spirituality and philosophy. According to Chinese legend, the history of tea began in 2737 BCE, when the emperor Shen Nong, a skilled ruler and scientist, accidentally discovered tea while boiling water in the garden a leaf from an overhanging wild tree drifted into his pot. The emperor enjoyed drinking the infused water so much that he was compelled to research the plant further. Legend has it that the emperor discovered tea's medicinal properties during his research. Indian history attributes the discovery of tea to Prince Bodhidharma, an Indian saint who founded the Zen school of Buddhism. In the year 520, he left India to preach Buddhism in China. To prove some Zen principles, he vowed to meditate for nine years without sleep. It is said that towards the end of his meditation, he fell asleep. Upon awaking, he was so distraught that he cut off his eyelids and threw them to the ground. Legend has it that a tea plant sprung up on the spot 
to sanctify his sacrifice. Thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I have to say I've been, again, woefully ignorant of my tea history mm-hmm. until, again, you, you know, we started talking about uh, you know, putting something together here. And you know, my, my research has been a bit of an eye-opener. I, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a history major by, by education, mm-hmm. um, much is the curse of, of my life. Um, which means I, I tend to get caught up in the, the nitty gritty when I get into a rabbit hole, which is why I tend to avoid right. going, going deep into things because uh, <laughs> I tend to not be able to find my way out pretty easily. And so um, centuries of history on this. So <laughs> really if not is. millennia, <laughs> it's, it's uh, terrifying to sort of see, see where it comes in. And oh, this is partly really kind of why I wanted to do this because I've always kind of wanted to know the immense history and knowing it was going to be a huge, big door opening for me and all this stuff yeah i kind of wanted to get into it uh, i even had ideas of one day writing a book about the history of tea or something but doing a oh, podcast there's enough content to write a, a few volumes i think at yeah. least but um and and i think part of the challenge with not not so much the early history but but going through i'll, I'll call it the mid section of the history of tea sort of the 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 ad period sort of onwards mm-hmm. is needing to understand a lot more than just the tea story out of, of it. It's, yeah, it's, there's definitely. a lot more socioeconomic and political background mm-hmm. and uh, crossover of, of cultures that has such a impact on the way everything is working and, and so much interconnection with everything else that's going on in the world, you know, fr- from wars to you know, personal grief that people have with the, yep. you know, certain key characters have. So it's hard to sort of take this out of that context and talk about it in isolation, but yes. it's, mm-hmm. um, it's also not, it's, I don't feel it's right too as, a couple no. of white guys, a bunch of white guys, as we have when we have Mike on too, just doing it that way naively and not acknowledging yeah. the sacrifice no, that's been made. It, it's been and it's been massive, unfortunately. Uh, from from the minimal that I've started digging into this, it's been a uh, a massive impact. Um, but uh, I guess those two those two legends that you've read through there. I'd have to probably align more to the Chinese side of things, um, mm-hmm. purely from a timing perspective the although in saying that the 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 first i guess primary uh resource a primary piece of historical fact that i could find at least was um Uh was more anecdotal so it's hard even to that to call it a primary source but uh sort of the anecdotal evidence of of its use for medicinal properties um during during the shang dynasty which is sort of that 1766 to 1050 bce so a thousand years past that uh the (laughs) The, the legend piece so right look, look, is is that legend accurate look highly likely <laughs> it's um <laughs> yeah it's highly likely that these sort of things happened by accident accidentally you know pouring some boiling water over a leaf and yeah. realizing that it's a t- pretty tasty drink maybe get there for a while and having it turned to something yeah, yeah. Uh, but then becoming with other things with with when you're cooking or just different things you're mm. blending together and just how people discover them in similar ways. Which is amazing. It is amazing to, to sort of look back at the history of some foods and re, or foods and drinks and realize that, yeah, that was a complete accident. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, to, but to also with there, them, so. obviously drinking it over and over, it obviously did make them feel better in certain ways that there was mm. some part of it that was healing and helping. I think, uh, I think it was that sort of thousand years later or, or thereabouts that you started to see it. It's, it's more frequent use for yeah, it's medicinal properties, uh, the, the deliberate mixing of that with other uh, barks and seeds and leaves in a, a bit of a, a trial and error manner mm-hmm. to sort of see what was the most potent remedy for, uh, for a given ailment. You know, it might be you, you've got a headache. Oh, well, this tea mixed with this type of bark or this type of leaf, yeah, release that better than... Or anything like that, yeah. Yeah, all of that, because we, we talk about it as, as if, yes, we've got this history there and, and we don't. Unfortunately, yeah history from that long ago yeah we're talking five thousand years ago <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. uh, is hard <laughs> yeah yeah there's not a lot of you know direct historical texts that survive through there and and those that do are often um hard to translate those dialogues and and uh you know ways of speech and writing have mutated and changed to an extent that it's mm-hmm. it's almost impossible to get it 100 percent correct so it's interpretations of interpretations so yeah they tend to have gained this especially in in looking at tea specifically and, and it's, uh, you know, history there, it's, it's gained that inherent mystic quality of healing arts and, and, you know, the, the, the tie in and, and all of the religious interconnections of that don't, mm-hmm. I was going to say, don't help the mystic element of that. They, they kind of build they on that add again. To it, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, which was, I, I, I didn't realize that it was 
something that was so old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be completely honest. Yes, it was, uh, it was a bit of an eye-opener for me. One of the interesting things that did come out when I was looking through that history there was, was around the, just the turn of the BCE to AD sort of eras was a, a uh, the, the, the popular view was as tea as a, as a key component in Chinese medicine. So to coming out of that mystic element and moving more into a, a deliberate medical use there um, was partly by a, a, a gentleman by the name of, uh, and excuse my pronunciation, but uh, Hua Tao, Hua Tao. Uh, who was a Chinese physician who believe, it would believed to have been living uh, 140 to 280 AD uh, during the Eastern Han Dynasty uh, and still very much honoured today as one of the leading medical practitioners of his time. I, I believe there's even a statue of him, uh, one of the Chinese uh, uh, hospitals. Uh, there's a statue erected of him. And while a lot of his famous elements came around from his use of tea in medical practices. He is a little bit more commonly known with associated, uh, sorry, associated with the boiling of, of a certain other plant uh, into a, a powder for anesthetic use. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, he, he boiled and uh, crushed up cannabis powder and used okay. it as an anesthetic during mm-hmm. surgery. Uh, but he used that in, in conjunction with, with tea to uh, yeah, alleviate symptoms and provide you know, relief for his patients, mm. which I thought, huh, yeah, that's much like a lot of, uh, you know, uh, previous drinks um <laughs> even more modern ones mix them up yep. with a little bit of uh what we now know or what we now deem to be in some areas illicit drugs and uh <laughs> you know they tend to help quite well so <laughs> <laughs> or thinking of uh coca-cola or something like that too you know <laughs> yes absolutely i did see a great uh, a great meme the other day of uh of given the current climate coke has decided to reintroduce uh you know cocaine in, into their drink to help everyone get through <laughs> So now I'm going to quote a little bit from A Thirst for Empire, a little bit about um, how tea works. Tea can grow in many climates, but thrives in tropical and subtropical areas with warm temperatures, high humidity, and a great deal of water, sunlight, and well-drained and nitrogen-rich soil. Once mature, the freshly picked leaves must be processed quickly to prevent spoilage. Tea can be made into bricks, pounded into powder, and dried and fermented in various ways to become green, black, oolong, and other varieties. It can be served hot, iced, with added flavorings and spices, prepared in urns, samovars, and pots, sold in tea bags, and even freeze-dried. It has no appreciable industrial uses like corn, soil, sugar, oils, cotton, or even diamonds. Tea is basically a beverage. Yes, you drink it to possibly help some things but you drink it also because you like the taste of it and enjoy it and it doesn't work for anything else really other than enjoying it that's exactly exactly right it <laughs> it has no other use that's amazing i'd never really considered it like that yeah i mean i don't know <laughs> if you if you were to bathe in a bath of tea i don't know if that might do anything to the skin or whatever but <laughs> <laughs> quite possibly <laughs> it might not be good but no no I mean, um, so, so when, when you say tea here, you're, we're specifically dealing and talking about the, what was it? Hang on. Let me, there we go. The Camellia sinensis plant, the leaves of the <laughs> Camellia sinensis plant, which when, when, you know, when I guess Western culture traditionally tends to think of that as, as black tea, obviously, as you said, you know, a few different varieties through that. And it's all based on the way it's prepared. You, you, you have your, your, your white, yellows, green, oolong, black, and, and sort of fermented or post-fermented sort of dark tea. But something that I've come up to or, or sort of realised in the last probably six months of my tea drinking life has been the use of the word tea for, and I'll say in this context, herbal teas, mm-hmm. is completely and utterly wrong. And, and this is probably going to be a little bit tea snobby kind of thing <laughs> me. Um, so I for, think for me, it I've, comes I've with the territory here, so it's expected. It, it does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so all of those, anything that doesn't have the, the leaf of the Camellia sinensis in it mm-hmm. shouldn't be called a tea. It, it should be a, a, a tisane, which is a, non, a non-Camellia sinensis-based tea Un-tea. for all intents and purposes. <laughs> Bizarre <Yeah>. tea. <laughs> And that's been a probably a fair percentage of, of my drinking um, has mm-hmm. been uh, herbals or tisanes over the last six months. I do enjoy my all grey and, and 
we'll occasionally have a have a a, a blended sort of mix, a, a chai or something similar to that, where yeah, you have your Camellia sinensis tea with a mix of herbs and spices, but mm-hmm. it still has the tea leaf right. in it. As in, as it, as the root. <laughs> that, that sort of base to it. <laughs> no, root works well. Um, but yeah, a lot of my tea has been, or a lot of my tisane drinking has been that, has been tisanes, not, uh, not teas, which I found was quite interesting. And, and again, I've been letting, letting the tea team down by drinking non-tea teas. But you're also I'm drinking changed. it because you're enjoying it, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which the other day. One of the books that I've been reading has been, and I actually managed to read this online um, mm. as, as a scanned in text, which I thought was just an amazing sign of the times that we live in, that, that I can go and grab a book without having to leave the house and read it. <laughs> I had to borrow it hour on hour, which was fine, but that's okay. It was free to borrow continually. So I just kept doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was from uh, Mary Lou uh, Heath, uh, The Story of Tea, which was uh, The Story of Tea, A Cultural History and Drinking Guide. The drinking mm-hmm. guide's got some really interesting pieces in it, but <laughs> one of the quotes from there um, is has has a is a sentence of tea has a long and turbulent history, filled with intrigue, adventure, fortune gained and lost, embargoes, drugs, taxation, smugglers, war, revolution, yep. religious asceticism, artistic inspre- expression, and social change. And I thought, yep, everything about that sentence kind of sums up the the terrifying nature of what tea has really been um you know across across history unfortunately but uh no it's it's that's an interesting text i think yours is probably going to promise to be a little bit more uh, a little bit more true to fact i think yeah well little... i mean all those all those things you all mentioned i've hit a lot of them already even though i'm currently working through the i think mid to late 19th century Mm, okay um, all the all the smuggling and all the different levels the taxes and all these different things yeah. and even down to um again i've gotten too much into it but how england turned against chinese tea wanting to make their own in india and kind of making mm. their own thing which was apparently terrible at first and took <laughs> 30 odd years to actually make to anything decent and yeah, and, yeah. The book has got it's been a lot of a lot of history is covered, but I think also a lot of a good perspective in pointing out how colonialism and everything turned against different groups and peoples and things like that, mm. all with the game of getting more tea and getting richer off of it, which and that seems still to be applies the, today. <laughs> yeah, it does. And it seems to be history. the common theme throughout throughout most of history is uh, is where can we make money off this? Where can I have yeah. power? Um, and control and it's a it's a sad truth a sad reality of of the history we have is uh fundamentally fueled by by that greed and the suffering of others Mm. and most often if not always non-white people bet mgm is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences register using code champion 200 and win 200 in free bets when you place a 10 dollars money line wager on any major league baseball game and either team hits a home run regardless of your bets outcome enjoy baseball like never before with bet mgm's daily promotions at your fingertips all season long download the app or go to betmgm.com and use code champion 200 to win 200 when you bet 10 bucks on an mgm MLB game and either team hits a home run. Sign up today and find out why nothing beats a win at the King of Sportsbooks. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. I wanted to mention a few quotes here from kind of two different perspectives. Um, one's an American merchant in the mid-19th century talking about tea. It was kind of interesting to learn how much tea was in the early Americas and how it became such a big mm. thing. Yes. And then really with the Boston Tea Party and then the revolution and all that kind of changed it a bit. Um, mm. But he said, No other production of the soil has, in equal degree, stimulated the intercourse of the most distant portions of the globe. Nor has any other beverage with equally alloyed behavior so commended itself to the palates for the people of the more civilized nations or become so much a source of comfort 
and a means of temperance, healthfulness, and cheerfulness, whilst it may be doubted if any other is equally restorative and stimulative of the intellectual faculties of man. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot in that. I feel kind of encapsulates what we started to talk a lot about, about here, where she, you know, spread around the globe and primarily went to the big, big colonies. Um, mm. I remember reading that uh, Britain was actually a little later to get to it, and you had Portugal first and um, the Netherlands getting tea, and again, taking it primarily from non-white people to them, mm. feeling that they almost deserved to have it, you know? <laughs> it was yes. theirs by right sort of thing and had to come to yeah. them. And no matter how many of those suffered along the way to get it to them, that was the important thing and mm. to make money off of it. It was it was seen as a... It, it, I almost attribute it in a similar way to, yeah, the gold standard from a currency point of view. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, tea, tea sort of became a, uh, a, a social, a cultural uh, currency. Yeah, we we have more than you, therefore we're better than you. We're more important than you. We're more uh, capable, whatever whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um. And and where Britain comes into play, uh, and partly a little bit tongue in cheek, they they definitely were a little bit later to the to the game as such. But it was almost interesting to see that as soon as the French had tea, mm. the English went, no, no, we must have this as well, and we must have right. more of it, and yeah. we must control this. Sort of and they also did it, builders and... um, beginning with to to make it a universal thing to all the classes, especially the working class and, and mm. women at home and all this stuff. But then as that became prevalent and then they wanted to create more of a social hierarchy with that where you had specialty teas were for the rich and the lower teas were for the working class, you know? Yes, yes. The, the, the paupers could have these types of teas, uh, but things like, like our Earl Grey that we're both drinking here and these sort of blends that, uh, you know, that were associated with the nobles of the time and, right. uh, you know, mm-hmm. the lords and ladies, it was, uh, you know, an aristocratic take on something that was available to everybody. And we see that through today with, with all of those sorts of things. You know, we all have, uh, I got myself a new phone over this, right. uh, during this period, yeah. I, I was out of contract and decided to get a new one. Mm-hmm. And in my research, I found, Yes, the phone I had, which is a, a nice Samsung, one of the new Samsung phones, and it's a mm-hmm. great phone. Uh, it's not the cheapest phone out there in the market, far from it. But I found that there is a, uh, oh, I can't remember the fashion label, but there's a New York fashion label that uh, has put their name to a design of that phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it triples the price. It's, it's got their logo on the back and it's their colored ribbon that goes around the back mm-hmm. of the case. So it's the, the status um, symbol on it. It is. 100% yeah. is, is simply a status element of it. Um, and it, it sort of, you know, that, that's a common theme we see in society there. Um, you can see that I've got something that is better than you. Therefore I'm a better person than you. Uh, and even I deserve if I this. Even if I don't really know how to use it, the point is I can have it and you can't. Mm. <laughs> yep, exactly. And that seems to have been that common thread through, uh, through most of that Europe, European sort of acquisition of, of this, this substance. Um, okay. uh, in yeah, in it's, it's, tandem it's, with sugar and coffee too. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, not, not sort of in isolation. It's we want these resources yep. and you know, we want them as that form of power and currency so that we have that control and that sense of entitlement that seem to come out of, out of nowhere. We're entitled to this because we are entitled to it with no justification. Well, the sun rises and the sun sets on the empire, right? So <laughs> <laughs> this is true. It's all ours. And... <laughs> Um, another quote I had was from a, a publicist who's involved in promoting tea, A.E. Duchesne. I don't know if that's how he pronounced it, if he was English. You might not have wanted it that good. way. <laughs> uh, 1914 said, Tea has eliminated the drunken nurses and bibulous coachmen of Dickensian times, has eradicated the need for every business- businessman to clinch his bargain over a glass, and expelled the belief that drunkenness was the test and evidence of British manliness. So as pompous as that all sounds, I feel there is a point and we're not really quite aware of the, with alcohol, people were drunk most of the time, mm. <laughs> just during the day, especially the men. <laughs> to, um, to various extents, yes. Yeah. Um, slight, slightly tipsy through to just blind drunk. Yep. But it was part of, part of culture. It was part of daily life. It's again, I feel, yeah, it's probably another thing again of showing off that you could be drunk and you could get all yes. this alcohol. And as he mentions there, to clinch a deal, to have a good business agreement made, 
you had to celebrate it. So in some ways, tea did help in getting people to sober up <laughs> and enjoy yeah. a drink that didn't disturb your faculties. That pulled through and, and is still a common common thread today. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the idea of, of, of you know, if you, if you uh, site tested two, two groups of people and you, you, know, you put uh, two, two scenarios in front of them, one, a group of three or four guys standing around a, a, in a bar, you know, drinking pint after pint, getting drunker and drunker, and then put, a, put against that a, a group of four gentlemen wearing you know, uh, uh, you know, dinner, dinner wear and uh, sitting around a smaller table drinking mm-hmm. a cup of tea uh, while chomping on a cucumber sandwich or something similar um, and asked which one is, uh, is more classy, which one is more desirable. Which one do you um, aspire to? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I mean, I'm sure you'd get a few people saying, no, give me the, give me the, the beer Bruce. every day, <laughs> which is fine. Um, but yeah, I, I would probably hazard a guess and, and make a broad sweeping assumption there that it would be the tea drinking. It's, it's interesting when you, when you look at that, there are certain teas out there. And if you, uh, if you look at some tea ads, mm-hmm. specifically Yorkshire tea, the, mm-hmm. the Yorkshire tea company and the Yorkshire tea, it's, that, that is advertised as a manly tea. Mm-hmm. It's got, it's a very strong, and it is quite a strong tea, um, but it's a really strong tea for, for, for men. Got to, you know, only, only real men can handle their Yorkshire tea. Um, Yeah. yeah, And, and uh, there's, there's a series of ads with Sean Bean uh, sort of uh, doing that as well. And, and it's, and he doesn't die in them, right? He he doesn't, which is is why you should watch them. It's the one thing he doesn't die. (laughs) Um, But they absolutely bring out this, you know, you want to be a real man. Mm. then drink Yorkshire tea. Uh, yeah. You know, and so absolutely echoes that, that, that quote. And again, from, the uh, workman's tea in some ways too, right. When you're having it yes. with your lunch or whatever. And yeah. Yeah. I do. I don't disagree with that. As, as you said, as, as questionable as this statement is there, it's absolutely, mm. you know, it's got an element of truth to that of, uh, of encouraging people to stop drinking, you know, one type of, of drink that, that has these negative social connotations to it and moving towards a, a drink that is considered to be classier, more, Mm-mm. Uh, you know, more more respectable. <laughs> With the pinky raised, right? <laughs> Absolutely. You, you can't As opposed not. to chugging it down. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't uh, dare drip, uh, drop a, a, a lose a drip of um, tea when you're drinking that. <laughs> uh, well, and we'll talk about it in a in a future episode. But this again is part of the thing I've gotten in with the book, where you have this again, yeah, with the tea being welcomed for the the lower classes and manly tea, and, and drink this instead of drinking alcohol. And then later on, it'll switch to feminizing tea. And then mm. you're effeminate if you drink tea. And it's a whole very interesting like movement again for ties into money and control again, in most cases, um, but we'll get into it in future episodes. Uh, the last quote I had, which I really feel puts some perspective on this is from a cultural theorist who's from Jamaica originally named Stuart Hall, who says, where does it come from? Meaning the tea, Sri Lanka, India, that is the outside history that is inside the history of the English. There is no English history without that other history. (laughs) And that's something I feel is never taken into consideration. The idea that it's British tea stamped with approval, British tea, and you're drinking it, and that none of it really ever came from Britain. It all came from elsewhere. Mm. As I've said earlier, my... I've been astounded by the truth of this <laughs> by going into, yeah, by, by into doing the, some, mm-hmm. some high level reading. I mean, even a quick jumping on Wikipedia, typing in T and reading the first few paragraphs of the history is a, was a complete eye opener for me to go, hang on. T is traditionally Chinese. Um, you know, if, if you had asked me, where is T from? Right. Um, you know, in Australia, it's, it's, it's twinings. Mm-hmm. Or it's Dilma, and you know we have the ads of the the Dilma tea on there, um, shot in the uh, the uh, tea fields um, of the family picking tea mm-hmm. and saying, "Yeah, we make you the highest quality teas." And and absolutely, that's if you had have asked me a, a month ago before we started looking into this and, and doing some research itself, I would be ashamed to realise that that no, my my understanding of that is completely and utterly warped. Um, and it's been a, a huge eye-opener for me to realise that this is such a influenced history mm-hmm. by, you know, call it by the victors, 
Yeah, the, yep. the, the history is written by the victors and, and no less so in this instance. Um, as you said, that, that British T, British stamp of approval, if you tried to say anything other than that uh, <laughs> to, to a, a native English person, I, I assume you'd probably get looked down upon. Um, yeah, that, no, no, it's British T, it's English T. That's, that's how we have tea. And it seems the right time to be doing it as we're discussing this now with our social upheaval around the world mm. against racism, against the the nobility, the, the people at the top controlling so much that we talk about this, that we understand it and educate ourselves as well as others. Yes. I think that's, that's my really goal with this and learning not just about tea, but the toll also on how many it's taken and that we understand mm. that when we drink tea, it's obviously a privilege. Yes, it is absolutely a privilege that we can sit here talking about it, drinking what was considered a, an upper-class tea blend derived off the, the backs of centuries of terrible events, yep. ultimately, all leading back to a culture who discovered and grew and cultivated and made this amazing, <laughs> amazing leaf-based drink that, you know, that was and, and it, is fantastic. And that I wanted everyone just to have and enjoy and mm. to get healthier from it. <laughs> yeah, ultimately, yes. <laughs> and so I'll, I'll be interested to go into some of that future history around, uh, you know, around the religious tie-ins and, and sort mm-hmm. of understanding you know, what, what the aim of that was. Because um, it is, as you said, something that was meant to be for all. Uh, mm-hmm. meant to be enjoyed and consumed by all and, and ultimately greed and power is, is what changed all of that. I also hope to learn a bit about how we get our tea now. Obviously it's a lot of the same process, but you know, well, how does it come from? How, how, how is it organized by, by the companies, by the families, by the mm. people, you know, I hope, I don't know, but I, I assume that it's at least better conditions than it was previously and that the people are doing better, but we also want to know, Again, how with all this tea that I have available with the click of a button and the punching in of a credit card I can get within a week or two, you know? What's the process for, for coming from farm to you um, sort of aspect? And, mm-hmm. you know, what are the conditions of those people who are, who are farming that for you? Mm-hmm. It's, I, I am nervous to think that I might be, uh, might be putting some of these twinings bags and uh, twinings boxes into the bin. But I think we'll, we'll, we'll see what we discover over the coming, coming weeks and months. Yep, definitely. There's never been a better time to find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app and place a $10 Moneyline wager on any NBA playoff game. If either team hits a three-pointer in the game, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use code CHAMPION200 when you make your first bet. Sign up now and discover BetMGM's daily promotions, boosted odds specials, and more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use code CHAMPION200 to win $200 in free bets if either team hits a three in any nba playoff game visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions 21 years of age or older to wager virginia only new customer offer all promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit free bets expire seven days from issuance please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-888-532-3500 Do you have some tea anecdotes or memories? I've got some interesting ones. Well, personal ones. That are... So you, do you want to go first or shall I give you mine? I, I actually probably don't outside of mm-hmm. the one with, with my Nana there. I was trying mm-hmm. to think of a few others, but my, my research took me down the path of other areas <laughs> that I focused <laughs> through. So I came back to it and was coming up with blanks for a while. So mm-hmm. um, I'll probably have to pass. And well, so, pass well, you stuff. wouldn't be able to compete with mine. Mine are interesting. So I have twice been scarred or baptized if you will by hot tea (laughs) oh dear so the first time was when i was nine months old and i grabbed a mug and poured it all over myself and so originally it was on my right arm and the bad part of it was 
we went to the hospital. I mean, uh, this is all secondhand. I don't know personally, but <laughs> this is what we're you were nine me. months. How do you remember? <laughs> yeah, when we went to the hospital, the also wise doctor said, "Oh, it's a burn. So you should wrap that up in a tight bandage and leave it for two weeks." <laughs> Ooh, so I, I have a friend who was a burns nurse, mm-hmm. uh, and and she put up on Facebook this week actually, so so prominent that um, yeah, a, a picture of a toddler who had been burnt by hot tea, oh, and wow. seeing that burning, it was sort of ouch yeah uh, and and sort of seeing all the recommendations of no put under cold water for 20 to 30 minutes and yep. <laughs> etc so the polar opposite of what the doctor <laughs> yeah, recommended exactly. there so because of that all my life i've borne a i don't know how clear it is to see a scar on my arm which goes oh, wow. from wrist to just above my elbow because that was the length of my arm when i was nine months old mm. over the years it's gotten more tanned and everything and hidden but that's something i've borne <laughs> <laughs> so uh i can't remember if that was earl gray or not but on a level, tea has become part of my <laughs> genetics, <laughs> sunk into the skin. Um, another time, if this was a superhero origin story, mm-hmm, you would well, now be able this, to the shoot less, tea out of your hand or something? Yeah, the less glamorous other one incident was when I was just drinking tea, uh, dropped it and poured it all over my crotch. <laughs> oh. Which mm. also led to burns and a lot of pain. And My second baptism there with tea. But, and, and how old were you then? Um... Don't say last week. It's sort of no, no. I've got much, <laughs> much more controlling about tea. Probably early teens. Yeah, I think mm. like thirteen or something. Yes. Ouch! It took some healing, no. but <laughs> again, tea and I are one in some ways. <laughs> I can thankfully say that I've had no no tea based accidents mm. myself. No, my my burns are usually caused by the oven. Um, mm. Hence my my slight phobia of ovens. Not, not tea wisely related, too <laughs> i was every time you open the oven if you don't remember you open it and if you don't stand back there's a gush of heat that shoots out right away steam, you get the steam yeah. up on the glasses Gotta and uh, it yes it's a good before it comes out <laughs> exactly okay so now we're coming on to our last segment of our thing where we recommend our own teas that we'd like Ah, okay. Did you want? Well, I'm going to go first because I ended up having three. Uh, oh, because I got one today that I enjoyed. A subscription tea service called Simple Loose Leaf Tea. So mm-hmm. every month they send me four teas, so it would work out perfectly. I do two teas each episode, so um, you could choose actually different kind of groupings. I think there was a chai one, a green tea one. Um, I chose the black tea, and so the one first one I tried was the Simple Earl Grey. Kind of funny because they actually have a little picture of Sherlock Holmes on there. Wow. <laughs> so the Simple Earl Grey is a classic Earl Grey black tea that uses a wonderful South Indian black tea. When first opening this tea, you'll smell the telltale citrus bergamot, but smell a second time and you'll catch the scent of rich orange zest that is a little sweeter than other bergamots. I really did enjoy this. I mean, I enjoy most Earl Greys. Uh, I find, I think what's usually called French Earl Grey, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the level of bergamot or what, to be a little too, what I would call perfumey, I think. Mm. Um, so that one I don't like as much. This was kind of like that, but with the 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 citrus orange zest bit, it like cut into it enough that made me enjoy it much more. Okay. So that's what I was really happy with that. And that's coming to me later this week in a larger amount. Ah, <laughs> that's usually a pretty good recommendation if you've mm. uh, tried the sample and now you're doing a larger order. So yes. that's a great. <laughs> For me, um, I don't have the bag with me because unfortunately mm. I've, I've used it up and I've thrown it out. Um, unfortunately, that's a so good I need reason, to. Though, as opposed yeah. to throwing it out with a full. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I, as I was saying to you earlier, I'm a little disappointed with, with, uh, with one of the orders that I've placed in that they, they were out of yeah. stock after I ordered. So, uh, but this isn't that company. Uh, it's a, a masala chai from a mm. uh, cool WA West Australian based um, coffee company. So they're, they're a Yahava coffee, uh, but they do a range of teas as well. I've got a chamomile of theirs. It's quite nice, but for this, I've decided to recommend their, their masala chai. I've actually got a video of me sampling oh, it, that right. video yeah. that I sent through we'll, we'll to. So uh, yeah. mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll put it up. We'll put it up on YouTube um, and link it. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of just a, a really quick sort of mm-hmm. history, I guess, of, of chai. Um, it, it was sort of an early 20th century adaptation in, mm-hmm. in India uh, that the Indian Tea Association was against, initially against. Um, they, they didn't like the idea of spices and herbs being added to a traditional 
uh, your Assam tea um, because it reduced the ratio of the tea leaf per cup and thus reduced consumption and profits. Again, back to our greed factor. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it sort of became a staple of Indian tea consumption and, and a popular alternative to the you know, just traditional black. But to be called a masala chai, it has to have water, tea leaves, so served the Assam tea, milk, sugar, and ginger. They're mm. your five bases to it. And then the additional spices are called, a, a again, a, excuse my pronunciation, but a, a kaha. Um, and that includes various quantities and ratios depending on you know, you, the maker or drinker's preferences. Right. Um, and they can include a, a base of ground ginger, cardamom pod, uh, and then the addition of things like cinnamon, star anise, fennel, peppercorns, nutmeg, cloves, cardamom seed, ginger root, honey, and vanilla, and sort of different ratios of all of that. Yeah. You then get some extra variations of that. And in this current era of pre-mixed variations, yeah, you can pretty much go to go to any company and say, hey, what types of chai do you have? Mm-hmm. So Masala tried to make it, and I've never made it like this. So the next time I've, I've, I've got some chai on order that didn't come, so unfortunately I have to reorder some, but mm-hmm. I am going to make it like this. So you, you have your pot and you simmer milk, uh, and I, I don't have the exact quantities. There's a pretty good one right. on, mm-hmm. I think it is Wikipedia, but mm-hmm. you know, uh, there's a few companies around there that sort of give you the how to, you know, the, the ratios and, and amounts. But you simmer some milk and water with your tea, the sweeteners, so your honey or your, your sugar. Then you go and add in your, your ginger. Sim- let that simmer for a few mm-hmm. minutes. Then towards the end, you include the, the kaha, the spice blend. Give that a few more minutes to bubble through and let the spices come through. Then you pour that through a strainer into the teapot. So you're, you're effectively cooking this tea mm-hmm. as opposed to letting right. it steep. Boiling it like a soup or a stew. Yeah. yeah. Sounds delicious. <laughs> and I guess what I've been doing more recently um, in my personal move away from caffeine, and that's, that's sort of been a, a thing that I've been doing from a sleep side of things. I've been mm-hmm. struggling to sleep recently. So I've been moving away from caffeine to try to minimize that and try to root out what is the cause of my sleeplessness. Um, so I've been moving away from putting tea in there to... A tisane, so using a, a uh, rubos, or as an Australian, I want to pronounce it as yerba mate. <laughs> yes, because that's mate. how it's written. Yes. <laughs> um, so yes. <laughs> apologies there, uh, but using those instead of a traditional tea, yeah, it gets the reason rid there's of, an accent on the, the e, I believe. There. <laughs> yeah, there is. <laughs> but every time I see it, it's sort of my, the Australianism mm-hmm. comes out of me, and it's, right. it's yerba mate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but you still get the, the the chai spice coming through that. So, so absolutely, the the Yahaba masala chai is um, you know it's a black Assam tea, really tasty. A little bit of honey, um, and they do suggest steeping that in milk, so you get that same sort of creamy uh, mm-hmm. taste and texture through it. So definitely a recommendation from me. Please, with your little history lesson, this explains a lot more with my final tea I'll be recommending because now I understand ah, it a lot better. Good. So the next one I had that I originally was going to do, but not really caring about as much now because I didn't like it that much, is Kenilworth Salon, mm-hmm. a salon black tea from the Kenilworth estate in the northern region of Dimbula, Sri Lanka, is known for using a large leaf and full oxidation. Um, I think this was just another kind of generic black tea, but I found it very bland. I tried to make it regular at first, then extra strong the next time. And even over you know, common blends like Tetley or any of those are the ones, Yorkshire. Um, it didn't have anything going for it. It was just very boring, I felt. Mm. Um, so that's my, my negative one on that one. So okay. I will be ordering that. <laughs> Fair enough. I guess, you know, it might, might be a good base for something mm. else to, to add. True, yeah. You know, if you want a little bit of the tea taste in a, in a herbal blend, something like that, it might help to uh, not mask the herbal blend that you're adding. But And yeah. I wanted to, if maybe with possibly with milk i don't do milk in my tea so maybe mm. or even just because i do sugar maybe with honey or something you might get different um notes coming out and things like that mm. okay. what's your next my next one is is not a tea That's apologies right. it's a tisane <laughs> <laughs> so i'm going to be a stickler for that i'll, I'll, yeah. I'll call that when it's a tisane versus right. a tea to make sure it's it's consistent but uh, so this is a a tisane by a company called rugenic Roo from kangaroo um yeah. but they're a Australian, but they're not organic. a genetics company, right? Genetic. No, it does sound like it. <laughs> yes. They've taken kangaroo DNA and tea. And melted it. <laughs> Thankfully, not to give a, a jump in your drink. <laughs> I think it's meant to be kangaroo organic, 
So Rugenic. Mm. Oh, okay. Should be Ruganic, I guess, but mm. Ruganic. Yeah. Um, it's an Australian company and they do harvest everything locally is my understanding. Not necessarily locally WA, but locally within Australia. Um, and they try to use locally grown uh, variants on things wherever possible. So it's yeah. a blend called Native Relief. So again, one of those, one of those drinks that I've been trying for, from a, a sleep side mm-hmm. of things. It's designed to provide a general feeling of well-being and aid in general ailments, as is all tea, I guess. Its ingredients and, and the, the claim to fame for Rugenic is it's completely organic. And it includes a blend of uh, lemon myrtle, which is an Australian native uh, bush plant with a, mm. a lemon scent and taste to it. It's high in antioxidants and it's got some anti-inflammatory properties as well. It has native lemongrass, non-native lemongrass. So I don't know where that's pulled in from, but I figure if you've got native lemongrass, why would you bother grabbing non-native as well? Maybe but, okay. the warehouse has a mixture of different things and some <laughs> <Possibly>. got contaminated. <laughs> um, and it does have rose petals in it as well, mm. which I, I'll be honest, I was using this as my daily drink. I'm in the mood for a, for a quick cup. Um, what will I make? And I turn to this, which I'm kicking myself for because I finished the jar Oh. <laughs> and I'm in sort of 200 gram jars. And after I finished it, I realized that the, the, the brewing suggestions say you can brew those leaves three times. Oh. <laughs> so I have effectively wasted two thirds of this jar of tea. <laughs> I have another sleeping I mean, sort of base you're, you're blend. You're proving yourself so. as a tea snob here. You really. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um, yeah. I've got a, I've got a nighttime sleep blend. So I've made sure that the last few nights since I've read that, I've been making sure I definitely reuse those leaves um, so that I don't, um, I don't, I don't waste it, but maybe you're no, thinking very you were nice. just using the, the local lemongrass and not the non-local. <laughs> But no, it's, it's really tasty. Um, the lemon isn't particularly overpowering. It smells quite strong, but when you're, when you're drinking it, it's not particularly overpowering. And the, the rose comes through really nicely in the background. There's it's something, quite... I think it'll be in the next um, episode two recommendation, one of the ones I got in the sample thing, I think, again, has rose petals in it or mm. rose. And, and it, yeah, it's a very nice little subtle end note yeah. that just really rounds things out. It does. Yes, but no, that's uh, very good. And again, I think they do ship internationally as well. Mm. Uh, they, they ship in, um, in, in glass jars, which is lovely oh. to, to serve mm. them in, but oh. you can do it in bags as well. So if you're going okay. to order it, saying, not that buy it in person. Shipping too. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a lot lighter and it's uh, a lot less breakable because <laughs> mm. having glass broken through your tea, uh, it's not a great feel. It's it doesn't go down acquired, that way. Acquired taste, yeah. <laughs> you definitely want to put that through a strain. <laughs> Or two. Yeah, the slivers. Uh, okay, so the last tea, originally I didn't have this, but it arrived today, um, yeah. which my wife had found and ordered, um, mainly because they are uh, an American company, little American company, run by African-Americans specifically. So that's why we were also with everything going on, wanting to support black mm. people where we could. So she got this. Um, I'm just going to read a little bit off the website here about how um, they're called Bunker, B-U-N-K-A. Bunker is about fine tradition, culture, socialization, gatherings, and ceremonies. Our products are here to give the world a taste of Eastern Africa in gatherings, restaurants, tea shops, or events, wherever people need to talk, socialize, Bunker is there. In 2017, the Bunker brand was born to capture traditional East African influence and share with our broader communities. Our hope is that our ingredients, processes, and work ethic combined with our joy to innovate will win you over. Um, she ordered the one tea, which is called Galab tea. Oh, um, have you heard of it? I've I've literally just jumped on their website while you've been oh, okay. speaking, and it's <laughs> on their main website under products. Mm-hmm. They only have one tea, which is this one, and ah. this is the one we got today, which I tried earlier. And after all your talk about chai, I mean the yeah. let me find the specifics here. I mean, the ingredients here are Kenyan tea, ginger, cardamom, and cinnamon. Ooh, and just yes. even when we opened the bag and just smelling it, we're like, oh, this is amazing. Um, <laughs> so I made a cup earlier and I didn't do it. I should, next time I'll start doing it with the milk and like the chai way you're supposed to do it. But I just did a mm. basic cup or whatever, but just on its own with some sugar, it was wonderful. Um, mm. I've tried some, and it, even, though, even though it was not loose leaf, it's tea bags, but still was really good. I've tried other chais where they're fine, but there's always a, a kind of like almost slight artificial flavor to them because they're mm-hmm. a processed tea or whatever, whatever. Whereas this just yep. felt 
the real McCoy, you know, <laughs> the real thing. Um, and it was very reasonable for, um, it was 30 bags for eight bucks, I think it was. And then if you did two, wow. you get, you get free shipping. Yeah. So it's, it will definitely be supporting them. It was very nice. Yeah. That's, um, that's pretty amazing. I wonder if they, I'll have to, I'll have to continue clicking through the website to see if they ship uh, all the way to Australia. Cause that I would, sounds pretty Very sure they do um and then we and again this wasn't um we didn't realize this too afterwards too but they're based out of minneapolis oh wow where george floyd was murdered so brings it all mm. around in perspective yeah uh let's see economy shipping i think they probably do if not i can send you some <laughs> i was going to say we i, I, ha- I have, have, have a connection in the usps that mm. uh that you know <laughs> That since uh, our other host Mike, who who hopes to be on the next episode, has sent yes. me so much tea, with one hopefully coming in the next few days. Uh, yeah, we can definitely help each other. But we'll include <laughs> links for everything in yes. the notes. I don't know how long we've been going on for. Well, actually, I can look here. An hour, over an hour. Okay. Yeah. Um, so so the fifteen to twenty minutes. I that we're yeah. For. I was estimating fifteen to twenty minutes. So we'll see. Well, we'll we'll cut some of this out. But anyway, we hope. Any listeners that are still listening have enjoyed this beginning first run of a ride through the mm. land of tea and its history and present and future. I've definitely enjoyed chatting and hearing what you have to bring and say and swapping ideas. Our discourse has been enjoyable. <laughs> it has been enjoyable. I think we'll, this will be the start of something really great. I think so. And as I said at the start, thank you for, for, for having us. And mm-hmm. to be honest, thank you for suggesting the idea, um, you know, a few months ago when, when you did. I mean, I think it just started, right. we just started talking about tea one day on Discord, didn't we? And then yeah. all of a sudden I realized we're all big tea drinkers. <laughs> yeah, we're having a bit of a catch-up chat. And, yeah. and, and, and I'll be honest, I, I hadn't had a cup of tea myself mm. before then regularly, um, you know, for, for a long time. I, I turned to coffee and mm-hmm. been doing a lot of that. And um, I found that uh, you know, just just that chat got me back into having some teas and really appreciating them much more than I had done in the past outside of a casual tea drinker. And it's definitely become a lot more interesting reading through the history, understanding mm-hmm. the, the cultural impact and, and where all this has come from has been, a, as I said, a huge eye-opener for me and, and very much been a, a topic that has gained interest <laughs> for me in a huge way. Yeah. Right. Thank you for listening and catch us on our next episode. (laughs) See you later and thanks again. Thank you for listening to While There Is Tea, There Is Hope. This episode featured myself, Taryn Merlo, and Alex C. Talanda. It was produced by Taryn Merlo. Details of the music featured in this episode can be found in the show notes. You can find out more about this show at our growing website, www.t-cast.com. And we hope you can join us for our next episode, which will be out on the 1st of March. Thank you for listening, and have a terrific time. your mood in new jersey surprise yourself with new wonders stroll beaches and boardwalks discover places to dine and catch up with friends see inspiring art culture and history too savor sea breezes and explore all the treasures nature has waiting for you rise to the call of adventure or catch a wave into the ocean blue find it all at visitnj.org